0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Good morning. Thank you for joining us on Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. Now, no one can deny how COVID-19 has changed our expectations of work and the workplace. But recognising these changing expectations and adjusting to them has not been the easiest thing to do for organisations, especially when you're You're just trying to acclimatise to remote or hybrid work, or you're trying to figure out how to work without a printer, or you're just worried about how your business will survive this pandemic. But British tech giant Sage, who was nominated by Glassdoor as one of the best places to work in 2021, they pretty much did everything right. From ensuring the safety and security of their workforce, to helping staff adjust to working from home, and even looking out for their mental well-being over the cause of this pandemic, Sage understood the assignment and knocked it out of the park. And I have Arlene it online with me today to talk to me about the big and little changes they made to help everyone feel like they really matter.
0: Sure, Audrey, and I want to do, I do want to say thank you for inviting me onto the show. It's very, very kind of you. So, yes, Sage is Britain's largest technology company um, listed on the London Stock Exchange, which is called the FTSE. And we've been providing business solutions all over the world uh, that really help Businesses, uh, you know, on a daily basis, it's almost like an engine room for small to medium enterprises. Uh, we're actually celebrating our 40th work anniversary this year, and in Malaysia, we've been uh, operating in the the country for over 20 years. So, what we do is we provide ERP solutions to mid market manufacturing, which is core and critical to the Malaysian economy uh and so uh by doing that we think we really do offer something really important to you know particularly this during this difficult time to help companies through that that recovery me myself i've been a tech md for a, a long time at least 15 years across asia pacific leading major transformational change my role with sage is really to lead the team to help businesses recover across malaysia and across the region and we do focus on smes and mid tier businesses who are driving you know a driving force in the uh, economy in terms of the recovery. But I also have a personal passion for people and helping them to play to their strengths and perform at their best.
1: Arlene, thank you so much for joining us today. Now, first and foremost, congratulations on being nominated by Glassdoor as one of the best places to work in 2021. How does SAGE do this? You know, How does SAGE ensure a good working environment, especially in present times?
0: Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for the congratulations. We were really honoured to be selected. As many of your listeners will be aware, Glassdoor is the worldwide leader on insights about jobs, and companies, and in their latest Employee uh, Choice Award, they actually rated SAGE 16th in the UK and 12th in the US in the top 50 best places to work around the world. And I'd really have to say it's our CEO, Steve Hare, who became Glassdoor's highest rated CEO in the UK, uh, has really been our North Star. Uh, and has really made a difference to our business uh, for a whole lot of great reasons around Steve's leadership. But particularly, I'd say in 2020, it was his leadership around responding to the COVID situation. And, uh, you know, what what we were able to do with Steve's leadership is really swing into action and to care for employees, put employees first. Uh, we really prioritized employee engagement and made it clear right from day one that we would take a really proactive response to caring for employees, making sure that we were looking after their safety, their health and well-being, that we would protect jobs uh, so there were no redundancies as a result of COVID in, in at Sage, and uh, no cuts in pay either, which I'd have to say was pretty uncommon across the the world and even in technology companies that, that was a, a pretty special thing to do. so I think that was an example of that but more more broadly, I think our company does have a really strong focus on values and really a, um, I guess a desire to put human the human back into human resources and really think about that that we 're really working with people who are working, you know, now working from home, that they have home responsibilities, that they have to be very flexible and juggle those responsibilities and at the same time maintain their productivity. So th- those are some of the reasons I think that we were selected for that Glassdoor Award.
1: So like you just mentioned, Arlene, the nomination is, of course, for for Europe and uh, the United States. Can I ask what the status is uh, with Malaysia? and you know, how is SAGE Practicing effective flexible human work here in Malaysia.
0: Yep. So I'm really proud to say that that phrase flexible human work is one that SAGE coined uh, earlier in 2021, in April 2021. And it's something that um, is uh, offered in all of our regions across the world. And so that absolutely means Asia Pacific. For us, that means Singapore, Malaysia and Australia. And it's really uh, ensuring that we're recognising a new way of working and really supporting a couple of different forms of flexibility. And I'd, I'd love to tell you about this because it is quite um, different and innovative. So in our flexible human work, we think about Three forms of flexibility. The first one is work mode, how you work, such as from the office or from home or a blend of both. The second one is work location, which is where you work, um, which might mean in the city where your office is, or in a regional center outside of the major city, or even working away from your home country. And I might tell you a bit more about that later. And then the third form of flexibility is really around the hours you work, including variable hours or compressed hours. We know lots of our parents are working split shift hours where they might work early in the morning, take time out to do schooling uh, with children from, let's say, 9 until 11 and then come back online later in the afternoon. And also some colleagues taking advantage of part-time or job share. And so this whole concept of flexible human work is really about um, attracting the best talent globally, uh, driving high performance so that our employees are delivering great performance to our customers. And it's really creating innovation around the human connection and building on trust and fairness because it, you know, this whole concept of working from home, you can't Oh, we see what what people are doing. So it's very much about believing that they are doing the right thing, which is one of our core values, and also focusing on on what they what the contribution is that they deliver to the business, rather than just you know ticking off the hours that they're sp- spending in front of a computer.
1: Yeah. So and I will come back to flexible human work in in just a few minutes, Arlene. But Uh, I want to touch on mental health and employee well-being. What's being done at SAGE to ensure uh, employee mental health and well-being?
0: Mm. Uh, Well, again, this is something that was already part of what we were doing pre-COVID, but I'd have to say we really increased our focus on uh, health and well-being, including mental health. Uh, as a result of of COVID and people having to swiftly move into working from home, because uh, some of our colleagues, I'd have to say all of us, you know, initially felt some of that uh, isolation, not seeing our colleagues face to face every day, feeling a little uncertain, or or in some cases quite stressed and and anxious, and so. First and foremost what what I believe in and and definitely this aligns with Sage is lots and lots of communication and different forms of communication. So not just talking at people, but actually providing them with information and giving them forums where they can ask questions, where they can give their feedback and, you know, sometimes we find this in Malaysia that people are a little shy to ask questions in a in a public forum. So we always made sure that there was uh, an app that they could use to ask their questions anonymously, and so they still had a chance to participate without sort of feeling vulnerable. Another method I've been using lately is um, on any of our video conferences, uh, even when some of our colleagues are feeling a bit shy about coming on camera, I'm okay with that. I just say, you know, put an emoji in the chat, show me how you're feeling and put a little bit of comment on there. And that just really helps people to engage. So we've found a couple of different ways to do that. So formal town halls, but also informal coffee catch-ups, which we do on a regular basis. And then to support all of that, we also run, you know, pretty regular pulse surveys so that people have an opportunity to really uh, share their feedback, their concerns, um, and also the things that they think are working well. Uh, And so that we can gather that feedback, understand what some of the key themes are, and then make sure we're communicating that back to colleagues. That helps them know that we're listening, um, that we care, but also that helps us structure what Uh, initiatives or actions we should take to ensure that we're supporting our colleagues. One other really cool thing that we did globally, and I've really enjoyed taking uh, advantage of this, is that Sage um, offered all employees a subscription to the app called Headspace. I don't know whether you've heard of it, Audrey, but it's it's a mindfulness app. It's got this, you know, lovely voice that helps you through, you know, you can choose five minutes or 15 minutes. And it really just does help people focus in on the present, reduces some of that stress and anxiety that they might be feeling from uncertainty. And, uh, you know, just a really nice thing to do that doesn't take very much time and just can really settle people's feelings of stress and uncertainty so there's been look there's been a raft of things we've done but but that's sort of you know communication and opportunities for people to feedback is sort of the core of that.
1: All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break now for some messages. But when we come back, we discuss Sage's flexible human work model and how they balance productivity and empathy during the course of this pandemic. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9.
0: Behold freedom, Malaysia. BFM 89.9. The business station.
1: And we're back. This is Resource Center with Audrey Raj. Online with me right now, I have Arlene Werrett, Vice President and Managing Director of SAGE in Asia. And we are discussing putting the human back into human work. Now, Arlene, uh, I understand that there was a situation early on in the pandemic when SAGE had to move 11,000 people to remote working in just 11 days. Now, this sounds like an adventure in itself. So maybe you can talk to us about this move and uh, maybe what were the benefits and challenges uh, of doing this?
0: I remember it really well because... um... On the 18th of March, 2020, I woke up to a very early email letting me know that the Malaysian prime minister had had given the notice that all companies needed to work from home. And so, in fact, globally, Malaysia was the first of our offices that we had to move everybody to work from home. It it literally happened. I don't know if you remember that day, but I remember it as a very important day because uh, literally within that space of eight to 10 hours, we uh, helped all of our colleagues, you know, first of all, understand this expectation of moving into MCO, but also gathering their equipment and helping them to ensure they had the things they needed to be, you know, continue to be productive and effective from home. So we were the first in the world. And then yes, by March 26, every office in the world Uh, Had moved colleagues to working from home. And it was a real test. I mean, we're a technology company, so we think, oh, we should be able to be good at this. But, you know, there were a few little hiccups in the first couple of days and and some uncertainty. Some colleagues thought, no, I can't do it. (laughs) But uh, what we found is that we were able to do it and we actually did it very smoothly and seamlessly. Like when we think, when we look back, there were there were just as I said a few little hiccups at the beginning. You know, people thinking about what shall I do without a printer? Well, you know, we're a paperless office. Let's let's not have a printer. Um, and it was it was actually pretty effective. And then of course, the other component of that is that each uh, country or region uh, put business continuity plans in place to uh, make sure we were communicating well to our colleagues, that we were thinking through all of those risk management issues, that we were thinking about. how do we let um, colleagues know about cases, or if colleagues unfortunately uh, contracted COVID, how would they let us know? How would we take care of them? You know, all of those sorts of things, we put those business continuity plans in place and had a way of monitoring and measuring that on a you know, daily, weekly basis, and then reporting all of that up to to group headquarters so that they really had a clear view of what was going on all over the world.
1: Now, Arlene, you mentioned earlier how you guys at Sage uh, call it flexible human work, and some of us here call it hybrid working. But the bottom line is many organizations have embraced the same moving forward, right? Now, what was the feedback on the ground from uh, your employees on moving to the whole flexible human work model? Now, Maybe you can share some uh, common frustrations and also some sure. of the solutions that you guys came up with.
0: Well, when we were designing the framework, we actually engaged with colleagues to help us design that. So there was lots of employee consultation. And I think what uh, there's definitely positives and there are some challenges. I think what employees see as the positives is the real ability to have some work-life balance, uh, uh, to, you know, be able to manage, you know, professional commitments as well as personal commitments Um Some of our colleagues actually really see the time and cost savings due to no commuting and and perhaps a little bit less spending on coffees and going out for lunches and so on. (laughs) And I think also um, some of our colleagues really value the greater flexibility for as to where they live. So some actually moving outside of city centres to enjoy, you know, sort of cheaper housing. So those are definitely some of the the benefits. I think some of the challenges, um, you know, working from home can be a challenge for some, particularly we found our millennials who who miss the social interaction that comes from being in a buzzy office. And and that's actually where a lot of their foundational relationships for their whole career. And, and, you know, social network actually come from. So some, some really missing that. Not everyone's comfortable with being on video. So that can be stressful being on camera all day long. And and as I mentioned before, it's, you know, finding alternatives or creative ways to overcome that. And then I think it's the the probably the biggest challenge is, is the potential burnout for those who find it difficult to com- compartmentalize uh, work and leisure and end up you know, getting out of bed and sitting in front of the computer at 7.30 in the morning with their pajamas on and not switching off until, you know, very late at night and then crawling straight back into bed. And I think there is some discipline that's required to say from, you know, this time to this time is my leisure time or my home family time, because it might not be leisure if you've got little kids. (laughs) Um, And this is my work time. And being again a little more flexible around I used to be working from let's say 8 30 till 5 30 and that was work time so now it might be I work from 6 30 till 8 30 then I have home time from 8 30 till 9 30 or 10 then I'm back online from 10 to 12 and so it may feel like a little like the day actually is longer but hopefully more colleagues are learning how to take breaks or switch off from the work during that, that daytime period. I think um, you know some of the things we did to overcome these challenges was really to encourage employees to uh, adjust their working hours to accommodate home responsibilities and also think about I often ask my employees, when do you feel most productive in the day? Like, you know, the whole concept of circadian rhythms, which is uh, knowing when you're sleepy, but also knowing when you're very awake and, and using those very awake hours as your most productive hours. And so, of course, that's dependent on some roles really need to be in those core business hours. But if there are roles where people can be more attuned to when they're productive, that could be a really good outcome for the company as well as for the um, colleague. Um, we talked about that headspace, which has been a really important part of helping, you know, encouraging people to spend some time on mindfulness and getting into the right headspace for both their work and their personal life. We've done uh, some virtual team building. Uh, we have a, a part of our business is called Sage Foundation, which is how we give back to the community. And it used to be all about face-to-face volunteering, but we've had a really creative team help find um, some virtual volunteering activities. And we've used those to bring the team together and to, you know, spend time together, have a bit of fun together and really engage with each other. And it, it can be quite challenging to find you know, cool virtual activities. But we've managed to do that a fair bit. And then, as I said, using chat and emojis and video conferences makes it a bit more comfortable for everyone, whether they come onto the camera or not. And then, you know, finally, like making it really clear that it's okay to have a messy background, casual clothes, (laughs) children and pets on camera. I always say when the kids come into the room, I always say, you know, because sometimes my colleagues might feel a little embarrassed that their child has come into the room. I say, no, no, come and let me say hello. And, and that actually gives a lot of, um, you know, peace to people that, mm. you know, I'm recognizing them as a whole human being rather than just an employee.
1: Yeah. Excellent point there, Arlene. Now, I want to also talk about office space. Like, what do you think, about office space moving forward, you know, is it still relevant uh, or will it be, will it be relevant in the near future?
0: I do think office space will continue to be relevant, but I think it'll um, look quite different. So I think what's happened over this 18 months is we've all learned that sitting at a desk is something that we can do at home some home environments are a lot more challenging than others because of noise and and you know n- not everyone has an ability to like close off their space but i think predominantly people have figured out when i'm working alone and i'm either on calls or on you know uh you know on the keyboard writing something that's something i can do from home and I can do it quite productively from home. So I think what offices will be are meeting and collaboration spaces, which I think will be really, really cool. And so I don't think we need offices full of workstations anymore. I think what we need are uh, offices or we don't even have to call them offices, but they're areas or work hubs where we can come together and there's Lots of different configurations for people to come together small groups, medium sized groups, and even quite large groups. So, you know, for the real estate industry, it's to me, it's all about how they're going to create spaces that are quite flexible and that you can use as you need them rather than having to pay, you know, huge amounts of rent, which all of us have done for you know (laughs) hundreds of years now really (laughs) um to to instead say i want you know it's almost like airbnb for office accommodation Mm. i want to book this space and i want a space that has uh you know a, a funky meeting room for six people or i want a hall that will hold 110 people so that we can get in and do our you know kickoff for the year so i think that's what i would love to see i don't think the real estate I- industry is there yet, but I'm hopeful it will get there in the next you know, couple of years.
1: Right. Now, um, I want to also touch about the work that Sage is doing uh, during this pandemic. I know that uh, you guys have been actively involved in helping with in-pandemic and post-pandemic business recovery here in Malaysia. Can you talk to us about that?
0: Yeah, look, I think the most important thing we can do, and I do really feel a lot of empathy for, as I said, for our our colleagues, but also our partners and our customers in in lockdown, and that some of them have been touched by COVID, which is is really very heartbreaking, and I know that has quite a dramatic negative impact on on business. And so the thing that we can do is that we, you know, for Sage, it's about being steadfast. It's that we don't have a silver bullet or a magic way of resolving this. But what we can do is we can be there for our customers and partners, support them, and seek opportunities in the industry verticals that are poised for recovery and growth. Uh, and to you know, continue to support them until that time when we get to a, a new normal and and who knows how long that's going to be. Our job is really to be steadfast, look after the well-being of our employees, continue to learn how to work with our customers and partners virtually, which is what we've been doing over the last 18 months. And continuing to support their digitalization efforts, which is what our business is all about. Mm. It's, it's all about helping companies to uh, use technology to make their business more effective and more sustainable. And so that's what we need to continue doing.
1: Right. And before I let you go, Arlene, do you have any advice on what or how organizations here can do their best for their employees and be a good place to work for all?
0: Yeah. Well, um, I go back to some of my basic principles, put put the human back into work. Think about that employee as a, as a full human, that they have both professional and personal responsibilities and that working from home might actually give you the sense of more of who they are as, as a human being. Very much about good, solid communications. Talk to your employees, give them updates, but also listen and hear what they have to say. And then I think it's the final point is about future-proofing your business. And all of that goes into making sure your employees have the right digital skills that they need for the future, which is around the corner. Even, I guess, for leaders of businesses, it's about, um, you know, staying, uh, you know, having hope and having faith that things will get better in, in the future and making sure your employees are ready for that digital future.
1: All right, Arlene, thank you so much for taking the time to
0: speak with us today. Thanks, Audrey.
1: I've been speaking with Arlene Werritt, Vice President and Managing Director of SAGE in Asia. Now, if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app. That's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. More Resource Centre happening for you same time next week. But till then, this is Audrey Raj for Enterprise BFM 89.9.